Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 835 kilohertz on your AM dial. Thanks to the Ruminations crew for another great show, highlighting issues around homelessness and rooming houses. Hi, I'm Bill, and each week on the Living Free Show, we highlight one of the 12-step recovery programs that assist recovery from drugs, alcohol, gambling, and food addictions. Our guests share their recovery experience and show us that shared experience save lives. Today, my guest is Annie, and she's a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and she'll be sharing how AA has helped her recover from alcoholism. So welcome, Annie, to the show. Thank you. So we usually start by talking about um, growing up and family and things that influenced you in your young childhood. So what was life like for you growing up? I was one of eight children and we played together and we always had a cricket team and a footy team. (laughs) We weren't very wealthy. Um, My dad was in the RAF and so wouldn't really see a lot of him because he would be on the base or at sale and when he was home he was in his um, garage making model aeroplanes and then a bit later in life he did aerial surveying Um, and when I was about 16 he left and went back to England where we were from and I never really saw him again or heard from him again. Must have been a big impact on the family. It was a huge impact on the family, except instead of all of us falling apart, we actually all became, we all pulled together. We became a unit, a strong unit, and we still are today. We all still love each other and get together and not as much as back then. But um, I, because my dad moved around a lot, I would often, or I, I thought, think every year of primary school I was a new kid. And in those days you'd get um, left at the office and the principal, the office lady would take you to the classroom and everybody's eyes would be <laughs> on you. And I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like that very much. However, I think that it... Um, enabled me a bit like it was good grounding a bit later on in life and uh when in high school we stayed in the one house and I just I just loved that but I I remember being happy um I had a lot of responsibilities with my three sisters to look after the family because mum went to work at five o'clock in the city wouldn't get home till seven o'clock at night. Wow. So, yeah. Um, and then weekends would be the shopping and the washing, and we'd have lots of trolleys. And but I just remember, you know, being nice. I, 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 when I was at, I, I loved school. Yeah. Lots of friends at school. I had lots of friends at school, and at home I was very quiet. And at school I was noisy. <laughs> so my mum, because she uh, it was a girls' school and she had five daughters at the one school and they 
don't say about me being a bit noisy and boys. She said, no, no, you're thinking of the other <laughs> one. <laughs> but it was me. So, so yeah. what was your mum like? Um, my mum's very strong, strong woman. Um, she she likes um, to socialise. Uh, she likes a drink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she's loving and, um, yeah. Yeah, okay, that'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not an inquisition. Uh, so um, what was life like for you, um, you know, health-wise? Were you, were you a strong kid? I uh, developed asthma when I was 13 and in those days they never really had anything to help you. So I was quite sick. So then I'd get lots of mum's attention and you probably understand why that means such a lot because uh, we eight children working yeah. five till seven, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... Not a lot of time, no. No, no. And what about your mum? Did she go on to have another partner? She had a few partners. Um, she, uh, we, I never really had a stepfather young. So from the time Dad left it, when she was 37 to... Because she was 21 when she had me, yeah. so probably early 40s. She she married a few more times and now she's been with her partner for um, 15 or 16 years now. Okay, right, okay. Um, so how about you? What about relationships with you growing up? Um, I, I was a late starter at 18. I was a bit worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, once... So then I'd go on to have boyfriends and I got married at 28 and we were married 20 years and together 23 and almost as soon as he left I had a new boyfriend which was a shock to me I thought I'd yeah. gr- I thought I'd grieve for 5 I years grew, grown out of it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, So um and then he I've mostly had long-term relationships. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm single. Okay, right. Uh, So what about uh, growing up and starting to drink? When did you first use alcohol? I think in our house, I know mum would have a sherry. And I've got a photo of her 40th birthday, and I would have been 19, but my sister would have been 13 and my brother 14, and they both got a glass of champagne. Yeah. So I, I don't think alcohol was ever a big deal. No. But I can't remember drinking then. But I do remember on my 18th birthday, my brother took me to the pub, and I don't even remember what I drank or how many. However, the next time I drank, I drank and was drunk, and it very rarely would I just – I either didn't drink or I drank too much, and it was usually at parties and functions and things. Yeah. That was growing up. Yeah. So what did your friends think when you got drunk? 
I don't know. They, <laughs> yeah. I, I was one of those drunks who loved everybody. Yeah. So I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I thought it was funny. And also, they were getting drunk too. Yeah. But not as not, not as like bad it. as me <laughs> because afterwards I would, and still today, I would always get sick. What the next day? Yeah, yeah. I, the whole day. If I'd gone out Saturday, Sunday was written off. Right. Okay. That's pretty severe, isn't it? it <laughs> and I can remember um, my mum calling the doctor once to give me an injection to stop me being sick. I couldn't oh. even drink ice. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, so, but it never stopped me. Never stopped you, no. It's and strange, I never, isn't it? I never twigged. Yeah. <laughs> So, did that have an? Did your drinking have an uh, an impact on your relationships with boyfriends and things? Uh, um, just one. Well, maybe my ex husband would say yes. Yeah. Uh, but um, and one boyfriend asked me to clean up my act, and I thought, you know. What's he mean? What's what he do you mean about? by that? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> and I really early on, I remember my boyfriend and his mate. I was maybe nineteen, and they came to me and they said, "You need to stop drinking the way you do because you'll lose all your friends." And I, I didn't understand that, but I think now. I wish I heard what I remember because I remember them saying it. Yeah, wish you took action. <laughs> I thought they were. I wouldn't. I can't. I won't lose friends. Why would I lose friends? <laughs> uh, so, what sort of drinker were you? Um, uh, I was a binge drinker. Yeah, do you want to tell people what binge drinking is? Well, binge drinking is where you just keep drinking till you pass out. That's my understanding. Yeah. And you actually drink with, without not even really wanting to or meaning to. You just get this compulsion to just keep having another and another as, for as long as it lasts. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was mainly a weekend activity? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, younger was yeah. Yeah, mostly weekends. Yeah. Um, so did it impact your, your work, your ability to work? So like early on, no, because I, I hardly ever drank at all. Um, and I was very motivated to go to uni. It was called college in those days and become a teacher. And then I wanted to be a mother and, um, so I never drank when I was when I was wanting to get pregnant or when I had little children. However, maybe occasionally in there there would be a binge, but it was never at home. It was always out somewhere. It was only later on in life when I started to have regular when the kids were older, and I started to have regular. Um, regular drinking um and there was a period there where i'd drink a bottle of wine a night i was going through difficulties with my ex-husband that was my way of coping and yes certainly at the time i didn't think it was strange however 
Um, looking back. Looking back, I would have been, you know, 0.03 or something. And, yeah, I'd have a heavy head and need to teach the children. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Challenging. And that didn't last for long. No. Because he, he disappeared. Right, okay. <laughs> well, listen, we might take a quick break. Wear your Radical Radio colours in one of 3CR's new T-shirts. The bright new design comes straight from this year's popular Radiothon poster designed by Aisha Tufa. T-shirts cost $30 to pick up or $37 with postage. So drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Call 9419 8377 to place your order. Or buy one online at 3cr.org.au slash shop. 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts. Get Get one one now. now. You're listening to Living Free Show on 3CR, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you'd like to listen to one of our podcasts, then you can check them out on the on our website, which is 3cr.org.au forward slash living free. Uh, if you can call us uh, via 3CR on 9419 8377 and email us at 3 free at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter as 3CRLivingFree. Uh, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our guests on the show this year who've given up their time uh, to share their experience in the hope that it will help people just like them. Uh, Also, a big thanks to our 12-step fellowship coordinators who have worked tirelessly during the year to provide guests for the show. Uh, Brenda from Al-Anon Family Groups, Yvonne from Gamblers Anonymous, Di from Alcoholics Anonymous, John and Jasmine from Narcotics Anonymous, and Rod from Food Addicts in Recovery Anonymous. Obviously, without their help, the show wouldn't be as fabulous as it is. Today I'm talking with Annie, and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism with the help of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, so, Annie, uh, you got married. Um, so what was it like being married, having kids, and having drinking as a problem in your life? How did that impact on the way you lived? Well, when the kids were little... I didn't drink, or I. If I might, it, I might have drunk when I went out, yep. maybe too much. But I know when they were, till they were about five, seven, and nine, um, I never really drank at all. So that was fine. <clears throat> I remember my. I had a drink with my um, stepfather, who was what's to die a little bit later from um, emphysema. I remember my little five-year-old, we were drinking wine and my little five-year-old called out, my mum's funny, (laughs) (laughs) thought I was funny. So a bit later on, I, um, you know, I made sure that if I had to go to Saturday sports, um... Then I didn't drink the night before. When they got older and needed driving, I would, they had to give me. I'd say I'd tell them I'm going to have drinks on Friday, and you have if you need taking places, you have to let me know. And I suppose my drinking never really got impacted until they were a lot older, a bit older. Yeah. Um, 
So it was sort of a responsible for the kids. So you took that responsibility seriously. I did yeah. because I, my ex-husband uh, worked and worked long hours and so it was usually me and the four kids, yeah. uh, three kids, the four of us, four I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's hard for me. I, I don't have a concept of how it impacted on them because they never, ever said anything. And an alcoholic is an extremely selfish person and you know, it was what I wanted to do. You know, um, I, I didn't. I did all the responsible things, yeah. and then out of that time, that was my time, and I started off drinking just to relax, get through the day, and then it became like something I did every day. Habit. So what? What's there's a sort of a saying about one too many, a hundred not enough. What's the? Yeah, that well, that's me. Yeah. One, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I used to say that I can only have one or one too many. Right. Okay. Because I was able to have one. However, I going to Alcoholics Anonymous, I found out that a lot, a lot of alcoholics can have a couple of drinks. However. It's when it, it'll always escalate. Yeah. They will never, ever drink like a non-alcoholic person. No, no. Because once the allergy kicks in, there's no, there's no protection. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so were your kids, did they ever sort of say that your drinking upset them or embarrassed them or? They never, they never said anything. Except my daughter, she would tell her auntie and her auntie never told me until I decided that I would get sober and then that so my sister told me that Nikki would cry right. and be really upset when I embarrassed my family at family functions. And what I, I, I finally figured that out that that's what I was doing, took me a long, long time. And so probably in the last five years or so, I, w- I wouldn't drink when I went out. But I would always have a bottle of wine waiting at home. Right. And if I got home at midnight, I'd drink that bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so when did you think that you needed to get help? I think I I didn't admit it, but maybe about four or five years before, I I was seeing a counsellor and I I'd never told anybody about my drinking, and um, she uh, she said, "Oh, you you know, uh, do, is this a problem for you?" And I I said, "Oh no." But, she said, I'll tell your doctor because the doctor, I was waiting for my doctor to tell me to stop drinking. Yeah. All he did was he'd take, um, he'd take bloods yeah. just to make sure my liver was all right. And it was all, everything, surprisingly, I'm a lot healthier than you would expect. 
Um, but one day, October, November um, 2017, I woke up and I thought, I don't want to drink anymore. And I thought, oh, I can't do this by myself. I need help. So I'll go to detox and rehab. And so that was just the thought. I just kept on drinking. But on January the 26th, 2018, I had my houses on fire. Um, I was taken to the Alfred Hospital. I wasn't burnt, but they put me in a coma for six days. And I, they woke me up and they were pulling the... Um, breathing tube out, yanking it out. I always remember that. And I had this feeling that I didn't want to drink anymore. And I can... My daughter was living in Queensland and she came back to be with me. And um, she helped me get into a rehab. And I didn't need to detox because I detoxed in the coma. <laughs> the best way to detox. <laughs> Sounds very normal. So I hear. <laughs> so um, I managed the six weeks before going to rehab. I had no desire to drink and I went to um, rehab and didn't have any desire to drink. And um, Did you like rehab? Not really. I didn't. I I have a mental health problem, and I um, have done a lot of work at outpatients clinics, and you know, working on myself and everything. And I suppose I expected it to be a bit like that, and it wasn't very educational. And the other thing is, it's a personal thing. I didn't like being told what to do and I didn't I wasn't used to sharing a home with people so yeah it I yeah I just didn't I, I didn't enjoy it very much however what I'd done is I'd gone around and told everybody that I was going to rehab all my friends family and um not one person said, oh, Anne, what you <laughs> why, why are you doing that? <laughs> why are you doing that? Um, and so I committed to three months. And by telling people, that made me resolve to be committed. And once I commit to something, I'm not going to run away. I finish it. Okay. Right. We might take another break. 3CR is about community, and we welcome your participation at the station. 3CR is open to a wide diversity of volunteers and is a great way to connect with Melbourne's activist community. Have you ever thought about volunteering, doing a reception shift, getting a program on air, training in radio skills, or contributing to one of the station's committees? There are many ways to be involved at 3CR. To find out more, go to 3cr.org.au and get in touch. You're listening to Living Free Show on 3CR, on digital radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au. I'm talking with Annie, and we're talking about recovery from alcoholism uh, through Alcoholics Anonymous. So Annie, through rehab, 
you're introduced to AA. Yes. So what was that? What was that like? The first, you know, being exposed to AA and that concept of alcoholism as a disease, did it help your understanding of your problem? Oh, well, being told it was a disease and not a character flaw and that I was this terrible, terrible person, that was really, um, you know, empowering to know that. that It wasn't a weakness, yeah. It wasn't a weakness. It wasn't a flaw in my character. It was just something that I was born with. I would have inherited it from um, family and... Yeah, I found that really empowering, and to understand and, and that you know you're ill took me a little bit longer to understand that the alcohol was the poison. Yeah. <laughs> I picked up a few times um, after I got sober, um, and just went straight back to what it was. Yeah, a lot of people don't realise that alcoholism can be arrested, not cured. Therefore, when you take it back. Take it up again. You start at the same point. Well, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and I um, eventually I came to hear a bits of my story and to understand um, what was happening and that it was quite normal. And yeah, you're I, you're a normal alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm glad I'm normal at something. <laughs> and I I have always have had an inquiring mind, so I had lots of questions and I would always find in a meeting something I'd thought about would be answered just in somebody's story. Yeah. So I must admit I'm very fond of my women's meeting. I do go to mixed two or three mixed meetings, but um, I really enjoyed the women's meeting. And um, So what's so special about it for you? Apart from not but not having men there. <laughs> <laughs> Just I think women's stories are a bit different to men's. Yeah. And there's a camaraderie and, and a nice feeling of support. You know, sis, sisters in arms. Yeah, yeah. yeah sisterhood. Yeah. And... Um, and they've gone through the same, lots of the same things as me. Whereas with the men's story, there was, even though you get told not to, you know, acknowledge differences, yeah. but look for the similarities, you just can't help because your little eyes are out and your ears are popping, thinking, oh, gee, <laughs> I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it, it's quite different because alcoholics tend to isolate a lot, and so you, you're isolating in in yourself, um, having less contact with other people. So it, yeah, it becomes more magnified. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what were the challenges for you then, as somebody who sort of came fairly late to AA? Um, you know, thinking that your drinking wasn't a real problem; it was just causing problems. Yeah, that that is how I thought. It was an eye opener to understand, yeah, that that it was a problem. I'd always been told, you know, your friend becomes your enemy, and so it certainly was. Uh, 
probably I um, became sort of quite compl- because I didn't have the those. I thought I would have to have mad impulses and you know voices in my head saying, "Pick up a drink, no, don't put down, pick it up, don't put it," down, <laughs> you know. But and for a while there, I heard about the alcoholic voice and. I'm thinking, oh, well, I don't have that because it's me speaking to me. So, What's then, the problem? <laughs> that's right. And then, oh, yeah, oh, you're the alcoholic. That has to be the Yuck. alcoholic voice. So uh, I don't have any problem putting down a drink. For a while I had some impulse problems. Um, I feel very... I've got a nice sense of calm about it. I think in the in the beginning, I well, there was so much I didn't understand. Yeah. I've, but now there's so much I do understand, and that can help me. So. So so, what are the things like <clears throat> understanding that the first drink's the problem? Oh yeah. That <laughs> if you don't pick it up, it's okay. But if you do, it's yeah. Yeah. If. So I thought, no, it's a fourth drink. Yeah. Couldn't get this first drink. And the the other thing we were talking about was, um, you're not responsible for your first thought, but you are for the for the second one. Second yeah. one. Yeah. That that was a hard one to, because oh, I just thought, oh no, they're just thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just have a drink. Yeah. So did um, did you see? Alcohol as a as a, a reward for getting through the day is that? That's how yeah. it, that's how I used it. I I wasn't um, drinking from sun up to sundown, pa- passing out. I, I yeah. At the end of the day, I'd have a few scotches, and but then it got a few too many, and then I'd put wine in there, and my life had had. It had become something that I didn't want it to be. I, I, for, I would have hangovers, so I'd cancel seeing people. When, um, but when it, when I started not being able to be there for my children, who are, you know, they're grown ups now, but to me, they're my children, and they, those three people, are the three most important people in my life. And one, I, I was, you know, I don't get to see them that much because they all live different places. And once I was doing that, I think that's when I decided that it's time to do something about it. And I realised, well, I thought it was just the hangover that was the problem. But yeah, it was the drinking that was the problem. I, because I could enjoy a drink like a lot of alcoholics can enjoy it. Yeah. However... It all still go down that one path. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I never, I did not, I, I can't remember intentionally wanting to get drunk. You know, I would, I would think, you know, I'll go to the party and I won't drink too much, and somehow it happened. Yeah, just happened. You know. <laughs> Don't know how, but yeah. it happened. <laughs> right. Um, so, what's it like um, being an AA when you're finding it when you're struggling to stop drinking? That's a tough one because 
you know that the best thing for you is to get up and say it how it is that I've had a bust and I've been drinking and this is but it's really really hard because everybody's 10 years up 20 years up yeah. I went through a stage where I said to myself oh it's one day at a time so you only need one day <laughs> well at the moment I'm heading towards seven weeks wow and it really means a lot to me like I tease myself I go oh, I'll stop in at the bottle shop no 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 I don't want to go <laughs> back to one day again so it's it really helps when somebody else who's busted gets up and says it and I've noticed at a meeting if I've got up and told them there'll be people there'll be other people will yeah. say it yeah. He might have been too frightened to say it. Yeah. And and I, I we know we're not charged and that's not the reason why I don't why we I believe I am disappointed in myself. Yeah. And I sh- I should have with all that I know and You've let yourself down. Yeah. 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 Or like more other people. Yeah. And which is I've only had wonderful support from my family and my friends and the children. Yeah. So I, I haven't been judged by any of them. Yeah. Even I, I tell the kids when I've had a drink. Yeah, yeah often um, we sort of talk about what what do you say to people who um, sort of are trying to understand that somebody else has a drinking problem. So what do you what would you sort of say to people who, who drink who are looking for help? Yeah, how do you approach it? If some, I would wait till they asked me for a start. I wouldn't. If they said, and I would probably just tell them what I found helpful, reading some of the books, talking to people. I've found AA to be very, very helpful. So I, that, that's the sort of thing I would, I would say. Yeah, talking to other people who've got the problem. Yeah. Yeah is a relief because they have the same experience. Yeah. yeah. And you're not as bad as you think. You're just like someone else. <laughs> you, um, you just have an illness and you have a, a... My daughter described it as an anaphylactic shock to alcohol. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're allergic to alcohol. Once you, a normal allergy, we push it away, but alcohol causes us to draw it in. Yeah, that allergy, yeah. Yeah, which makes it unusual. It is. Yeah, and it also makes people deny they have the problem. You know, can you imagine a, a peanut, somebody who's allergic to peanuts, saying, no, 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 I don't have a problem. <laughs> Everybody would laugh. It's because alcohol is so socially accepted. Yeah. It's everywhere. You, yeah. I read a book and they're pouring a glass of wine with dinner and I think, oh, I'd like that. Yeah. <laughs> TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as there's a crisis, they all pour a bo- some yeah. scotch. Yeah, celebrations. So what's the message? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everything. We have a drink. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, we've, um, we're just about out of time. Um, so if anybody would like to find out any more about Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you can phone them on one three hundred triple two triple two, or you can go online at aa.org.au. Uh, that's about all we've got time for today. So I'd like to thank Annie for coming into 3CR studio and sharing her Alcoholics Anonymous recovery experience with us. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you'll be able to join us again next week when we will be talking about recovery from food addiction and we'll be joined by Louise and Violet from Food Addicts and Recovery Anonymous. Um, Up next, as part of our 3CR summer programming, today we bring you an edition of Black Gold Radio Series that digs deep through the 3CR archive to present audio from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island broadcasters at 3CR that reflects back to the anti-bicentenary actions of 1988. Okay, well, thanks again for listening to... um, Living Free today. To take us out, we've got a song called... uh, I think we might go with uh, Poor Boy by Split Ends. (laughs) 